Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we're continuing our week-long discussion about exercise and we're going to be talking about modern flexibility training principles. Flexibility is one of the main reasons why people reach out to us or watch or listen to our content and today we're going to talk to you about how we do it. Let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, we've got Rich behind the mix. Rad is at the table with me, Yanni Bormeister, and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode, as always, is brought to you by our Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Now get daily coaching by us, plus our epic foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, you can always use the link in the description to get your first month free. This week, I'm very excited to announce that we are having an epic 72-hour flash sale for our at-home workouts. This is an incredible opportunity to test pilot how we combine strength and flexibility and fitness training into one efficient 60-minute workout. I would dare say the most efficient 60-minute workout you are ever going to get. This weekend, starting Friday, if you're just tuning in live, you can grab an epic discount on that program. Get it, get it, get it. So much epicness. So much epicness. Warm welcome. If you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group, leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join and interact. And before we get started, big shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button and support the channel. Subscribe if you like what you see. Today, we are joined by none other than Phil White from ADPT Physio, smartest and sexiest man in the room, second to none. Second to Rich. Second to Rich, maybe on the sex appeal, but uh, it's a very close second. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Good, good, good. Happy to talk about flexibility. It's one of those fun things that I think uh, is so important for people to understand and kind of getting a good understanding of like when flexibility is a really positive thing to pursue and when maybe it's misguided to pursue as I often go on about with people wanting to fix all of their ailments with flexibility. So I think having that, this good discussion of how, um, I guess, our understandings of flexibility have changed over time should really give some, the listeners some useful information. Yeah, so look, I, I, this is, I know Rad's going to really uh, have a lot to share today, so I'm going to get my two cents in first. And this is really the message that I want you guys to take home. We'll start with the end in mind. Flexibility and strength training are in and of themselves the one thing in the UMS, and we want you to think like that. We don't want you to compartmentalize stretching and strength training. We want you to start bringing it together and think, okay, it's all inclusive. Every time we work for flexibility, we're also working for end range strength. And if you're not doing that, I think you're really, really not training with the most modern methods possible. This is what we would call the modern standard or the modern principle, which is that you're combining strength and flexibility constantly. And, and that is what produces the biggest results for our uh, our tribe, definitely. It's a really, really revolutionary sort of approach to flexibility training. And uh, as we say, we have it um, you know, all over the place here at Unity Gym. True strength cannot be achieved in the absence of mobility, but also true flexibility cannot be achieved in the absence of strength. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's evolved so much over the years for us. When I started, um, when I made a decision about six years ago that I was going to get flexible, I was really tired of just not being able to, you know, do the things that I wanted to be able to do because of a lack of um, flexibility and mobility. And 
I started stretching really, really hard and I got a lot of injuries from it and I hit a glass ceiling pretty quickly. And then I started to learn about uh, a lot of different methods that I'd never heard about before, loaded stretching, um, end range strength, you know, um, using eccentrics, isometrics, a whole bunch of different techniques. Um, really changed the way that I trained, created the Mobility Masterclass, which got a great result for thousands of people around the world. Learned even more, worked with some really, really flexible people and people that are, that are really ahead of the game with this stuff. Um, Joachim Hilderson, a friend of ours. Um, I worked closely with him and, and, and from there went on to create the Flexibility Masterclass. Um, which is really the even the evolution of the of the mobility masterclass, and it and it just gets such amazing results. We've got so many examples of people in Unity Gym that are doing pancakes, ch um, chest to floor that could barely touch their toes when they started, or doing full splits or back bridges or whatever. And all over the world as well, there's people posting uh, pictures and videos of themselves saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe how flexible I am after three months or whatever it was." I th I think that's impressive, but you know what I think is more impressive. I think it's I think more it's impressive when you turn your phone off before we go live. No, I think <laughs> that what is more impressive is that when you watch our tribe posting videos, this is something I noticed the other week um, uh, with Alex, um, one of our online coaching tribe members. And he, uh, he basically you know, posted a video, just like everyone does, uh, of their squat. And you look at the level of like perfect squat. Mm full range squat depth that mm. our tribe are achieving, which, you know, when you look at it, when you go to a mainstream gym, it's only, it's few and far between when you see someone squatting really good. And, you know, we were proven this again when we went to a, a workshop or a, um, a course, I remember, and you and I were the only two out of a big bunch of personal trainers who, when they were assessed, could squat properly. You know, where they said, okay, you'd qualify for Olympic lifting. That was with Ian King. I remember mm. and they just did a simple squat overhead squat test and none of the other personal trainers could squat properly you so, know same, same thing every time um we've done a course with tony Bataji with more people in the room and there's about 30 people we're the only people that could squat and every personal trainer they're all jacked but whenever they get up they immediately when they're about to squat oh yeah, yeah my squat's not very good because i've done this or that none of them could just do it yeah but <laughs> but hopeless. when you look at the tribe around the world posting videos and i know this is a big big self-promotion but it, it, it's not really i want you guys to focus on the people i'm talking about here they all de demonstrate these amazing squats mm -hmm. you know and there's always little areas that we can improve on and you know hold the elbows up more get tighter in the upper back or the thoracic or shoulders down and back more but they're in comparison to the most people these aren't fitness professionals these aren't personal trainers these are people some of them are but mm. these are people who are just learning and mm. they're they squat like hands down better than most people in in other gyms you know so i think that's really impressive because there's the movements like the squat um is is a great combination it's a great demonstration of strength and flexibility married mm. yeah and yeah. before we kind of go on with like i guess how we you know you guys have, have developed the the current system i think it's a important chat to have just briefly about like what what flexibility is for and kind of getting people's head right about why they're pursuing <laughs> you know, levels of flexibility, because this is just something that I see working with um, patients in the gym and, you know, patients in my clinic who come in and they're, I always like to ask people 
basically what they think has caused the injury and what they think will make it better because I like to get on the same page about um, what their sort of underlying beliefs are around um, their injury and what, what will heal their injury and just make sure that I can then communicate in a level that I don't just ignore that they've got some wildly different belief to the direction that I'm trying to take them on. So I have this very specific question to um, just see where they're at and then just try and get that, that right understanding. And so many times people are like, ah, oh, you know, I've got this injury, just hurts whenever I'm in this position and I just think I probably need to get a bit, uh, a bit more flexible and do a bit more stretching. Mm. And that is the case for some injuries. Like some injuries, it is a, a matter of, um, you know, you're, you're lacking a bit of range of motion. But for a majority of injuries, particularly with, with joint related stuff, uh, flexibility in and of itself, getting to a deeper range, um, pushing kind of beyond the limits of your, what you currently have is gonna be one of the worst things you can do. But in the culture, flexibility has kind of got this like magical therapeutic uh, like air around it mm. that strength training doesn't have and fitness training doesn't have where it's seen as like a cure-all thing that you know it's kind of got wrapped up in this like mystic yoga s- space mm-hmm. that I think is very misguided mm. and I am a big fan of flexibility but I just want people to get their head right that they're kind of pursuing flexibility and for the right reasons because it's just I see it so often where people just like sack off the rest of um, strength and um, fitness, fitness uh, yeah. and just go so down the rabbit hole of flexibility in the um, pursuit of like health and performance, but don't realize it. That's just a misguided belief from the culture of of movement. So yeah, look, that's if, if, if 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 um, E equals M C squared, I think uh, flexibility without strength equals instability. You know, like there is there is seriously, though, like if you lack strength in the range of movement, it produces instability and instability, as we all know, causes problems in the joint and 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 injury. And I think that that's something that people need to understand. And and not only that, like often, you know, if you have a muscle tear, think about stretching something that's torn. That's going to be like that's going to piss it off. Think about (laughs) if you have um, something happening in the joint, like a, a cartilage injury and then you think that stretching will make it better, you're basically just like pushing those bones as far as they possibly can and putting the cartilage under like more load than it can handle, thus making things things worse. So I think it's just a really important thing to understand that from the get-go. Also, just with performance, um, stiffness is also quite beneficial in many cases for power and speed. So if you're wanting to run really fast, don't just stretch your Achilles constantly because that, as a tight spring, will is a very efficient way of running very fast. And if you're like, oh, I just get sore calves when I go running, I better just stretch the shit out of it. You're gonna make yourself m- slower and you're gonna make yourself more likely to develop a tendinopathy because the reason your calves are getting tight is not because of a lack of stretching, but a lack of load capacity through targeted strengthening. So I just wanted to get that a big old caveat out of the way because I think I, like I'm a, such a big fan of flexibility and I think there's so many benefits to your life, but I just wanna make sure that people are pursuing it for the right reasons. Yeah, and I think that's important because I, um, the reasons I pursue flexibility have changed a lot just in the last couple of years. Like originally it was because I did Kung Fu and I wanted to be able to kick high and I wanted to be able to do the more advanced martial arts movements and that's a good reason to want to be flexible if you're a martial artist, of course. Um, you know, we're big on having motivation and reasons to train that are beyond you know, the way that you look but something that really pushes you to get better. So they're good reasons, but I stopped martial arts and I started calisthenics and movement training and I wanted to be flexible to be able to do the cool calisthenics and movement training stuff. 
So I worked on the flexibility and then I started to create these benchmarks for myself because I'd look at people that were way more flexible than me and I would use that as a standard and think, well, I want to achieve that. And I would put a lot of effort in pursuing that. And I got very flexible along the way. But what I found is that I got to a point where my body's limitations started to come into place. And whether this is true or not, I think I think there is some weight in this for the average person. I've worked with coaches that when we talked about my lack of flexibility compared to some of the people in the room, because I'm a flexible person compared to the average person, but if I go to a gymnastics club, I'm not flexible at all. But, you know, and coaches have said to me, yeah, yeah, you don't have the same flexibility as them, but you've got more strength, you've got more stability, you know, you're, you're, there's, you're, your joints are more robust. So it's a, um, it's an interesting thing because I found that I got to a point where I was so obsessed with trying to get the full splits, you know, and I never got that like gymnastics 180 degree split. I got probably 170 degree split and I worked so hard to get that last 10 degrees and I just couldn't get it. And I really, if I, I don't pursue that anymore now and I maintain easily 90, 95% of what my full range of motion ever was with almost zero effort and we'll talk about that in a minute we'll talk about the ways that i maintain it and the ways we maintain it but i put so much effort into trying to achieve something that was based on comparing myself to a standard that is was unrealistic for me and for what you know for what reason whereas what we do now and what we do with the ums and the way we have such efficient workouts is it brings it back to what Yanni said at the start of the episode. It's the idea that, you know, it shouldn't be that you pursue either strength or flexibility. It should be that you pursue this balanced body. And when you start looking at it that way and you start learning about more modern ways of doing flexibility, you don't have to be, you know, doing these ridiculously long stretching sessions that take you away from so many other things. You can do what we do where resting between your strength training, you do flexibility training on other areas of the body that aren't being used right now doing loaded methods that still allow you to rest and recover from your strength training and then also doing things like um ass to grass squats not lifting so much weight that you can't access full range of motion with the amount of weight that you have on the bar you know same with bench pressing um shoulder pressing all of these strength movements that if you access the full range of motion, you'll be really surprised as to the level of flexibility that you unlock. And then when you also combine that, of course, with um, you know opposing muscle group training, so you're training synergy in the joint and you're, like for example, with a bench press, like if you use dumbbells in a neutral grip where you allow the dumbbell to pull you down so the shoulder goes into full extension, but then within the same workout, you also do rowing movements where you pull into full extension. So you're on one hand, you're being pushed by the weight and creating strength out of it. And then on the other hand, you're training the opposing muscle group to pull yourself into it. Like those methods um, have proven to be far better for your joint, um, you know, in our training, like with our, with for us and for our members, rather than trying to create flexibility in the shoulder bo- joint by just going to town on stretching, you know, that completely neglects strength and creates might make you really flexible in your shoulders but it creates problems in other areas yeah look i i, I want to make it really clear that uh, i i from a from a personal perspective i've done 
like three completely different periods of my life training uh, with very different approaches to exercise. And first, first of all, I trained as an elite level athlete in boxing and all of it was uh, primarily skills-based training with a sprinkle of strength, speed development training, only a couple of days a week, and then a lot of cardiovascular training, which consisted of different types of uh, boxing drills, running drills, sprints, things like that. Uh, no flexibility whatsoever. We didn't stretch at all. Uh, we did a little bit of mobility drills to warm up in the shoulders, but that was about it. Uh, and then I did, uh, and that was from the age of 14 to 30. And then in between that, I did a decade of quite serious bodybuilding and a, and a sprinkle of Olympic lifting uh, and, and uh, uh, power lifting in there, uh, which was towards the end of it. And then this last decade of my training has been heavily geared towards a more balanced approach to training where I'm not training for anything specific, but I'm training strength, flexibility and fitness altogether. And I can tell you 100, and I'm, I'm now older, so I don't have as much youth on my side, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm <laughs> turning 41 this month and, and next week. And, you know, so the, the boxing was as a teenager and a 20 year old, and the bodybuilding was largely from 25 to 35 years old. And it, you know, I can tell you <laughs> like hands down. And I had a, a great call with a mate of mine who was along a lot of that journey with me, especially the bodybuilding and powerlifting the other day. And, you know, he owns a really great, very successful fitness business and brand as well. And he, you know, said, you know, watching what you guys do and looking at you and your brother in comparison to everyone else that we got started, we are so much healthier fitter, stronger, more flexible than any of these guys that we started with, uh, with the exception of a couple, you know, like I definitely can't say I'm stronger than Sebastian Oreb or Cameron Oreb, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know, maybe I could say I'm healthier. I'm not sure, you know, that'd be t debatable. Uh, but um, the, you know, I can tell you now definitely that being, Cam. being <laughs> um, balanced, having a more balanced approach, feels better like I feel better as a human being I feel better I'm much more okay like you know we've been running together lately and I can run now and I can you know I, I, I feel like more of an athlete like I my body moves better I feel better I'm not aching I don't hurt you know I've got this little niggle in my back at the moment that I'm hassling feel to massage but you know it's it's minuscule in comparison i can tell you the decade that i spent bodybuilding and not stretching and 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 powerlifting i was constantly hurting constantly in pain constantly managing the next muscle tear in my body or something like that you know and and uh boxing was very similar you know i started weightlifting when i was boxing because i was continually injuring my lower back yeah, and I, I just want to talk there just like a bit about why that might be the case, and 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 why sort of having that level of flexibility is going to be so beneficial. It's like not. It, I, I don't want to. Sorry to interrupt you. I don't want to focus on the flexibility. I want to focus on the balance. Well, that's it. Because I want to basically talk about movement variability. Whereas, yeah. like with each of those kind of rabbit holes you've gone down, and talking about those other guys and their specialization, specialization towards, you know, one particular aspect of training, that ends up meaning that you're really well suited to that particular thing but then anything outside of that your, your structures all the energy systems in your body your muscle contraction like your fiber types um yeah your your joint 
surfaces aren't conditioned to basically go outside of what you basically spent all your training doing. So by adding in this movement variability and adding in this um, energy system variability, it means that like throughout the rest of your life, when you're doing little things here and there, you know, um, picking your kids up off the ground, I don't know, running after a train, you're not going to suddenly like running after a bus, sorry, you're not going to suddenly like, uh, like pull a muscle or end up with like a blown up knee because you just haven't done anything like that for so long when you've got this balance of um flexibility strength and um and fitness throughout that training you've just had so much variability in there that your body's prepared for basically anything and you're not overloading one particular system so all the systems kind of are in a happy place so see the thing is and i agree 100 percent with what you're saying obviously but the one thing that i don't think is spoken about a lot is the reality of specialization you know, because it looks really cool from the outside being able to bench press 240 kilos and squat 340 kilos and deadlift 360 kilos. But the reality is, and I've spoken to a lot of these guys personally, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. You know, to be that strong, you've got to be very heavy. And to be that heavy, a lot of them say they need a breathing apparatus to sleep at night. Uh, you know, because I know that like Hafthor and them had chronic sleep apnea and things like that. It is not a healthy state to put the body through. And any, anyone who argues that is full of shit. They haven't spoken to a world's strongest man. And, and like Eddie Hall talked about this to get to the, the weight that he broke the deadlift record before Hafthor broke it. He said, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I feel like shit, you know, and I, I've spoken to even Bass and he talks a lot about the he constantly dealing with a lot of pain in his body and things like that. It's not a healthy state to be in. You know, like if, if, if health means ab absence of um, injury or illness, um, most of the time uh, elite level spe specialization athletes are always sporting some sort of an injury, you know. Yeah. And the same goes for going down the rabbit hole or specializing entirely in fitness and specializing entirely. As, yeah, yeah in, you know, run, runners. Um, uh, I mean, we've got an example of a cousin who is a contortionist who had serious back problems, injuries, you know, from being hyper flexible and that being the focus. And now she's trying to rebuild strength in her body because she'd just gone way down the rabbit hole of, of, of flexibility training, you know. So what I'm trying to push across here and the message I want everyone to understand is that the, the, the balanced approach is, uh, um, um, in my opinion, in my personal experience, a much nicer place to sit, you know, uh, uh, full time. Like you might dabble in things a little bit and go off in one direction a little bit for a training phase. But as a general um, period of, um, you know, restoring balance, it's a very nice place to sit most of your time, you know. I think it's the only place to be as you get older. If you if you want to be smart about it, um, you know, the like more of the same gets you more of the same, right? And if you want something different, you've got to do something different. And so often people come to us especially to Phil where you know the issue is that they've got aches and pains in their body that they haven't had before and they want to deal with it and you know often when you challenge people with this kind of thing their answer is like for a lot of high achievers and a lot of specialists their answer is well but that's going to take me away from the thing that I love doing more of and yeah it's a funny thing to deal with for me because you think well you know you're telling me that you've got pain in your shoulders you know, because you've been doing CrossFit for five years, but you're not willing to give up CrossFit and try something different. You know, when you're in your 30s, wait till you're in your 40s. 
See, yeah. how you, see how you're feeling then. So and as, as we talked about yesterday on kind of talking about optimizing performance, it's often just if you're really lacking one element, just bringing in a bit of that element will just take you so much further than yeah. than doubling down on the, the element that you're already really good at. And often, I mean, talking about optimizing performance, like what we spoke about yesterday, often, you know, if you're training two hours a day or whatever in something, if you dedicated 15 minutes or 20 minutes of that time to this thing that you're not doing anything of, often your performance will increase exactly. in, in that thing that you're trying to get better at, you know? Uh, we have a comment here that I think uh, we don't have much time to uh, give it love. Quick shout out to Vinny Brown. Great work, Vinny, on your training so far. But I'm going to dive straight into William Wong here, who's saying uh, that he has, first of all, loves uh, loves us, thinks we're amazing. He's been doing the 18-minute uh, flexibility uh, routine and also started doing foundations and has just been recently diagnosed with a frozen shoulder uh, by MRI last week. The doctors suggest that it doesn't have, it's unrelated to the exercise, but he's losing tons of range and strength in his shoulder. Uh, he's regressed to a beginner level at foundation program now for most upper body exercise. He's asking, should I stretch my shoulder in a different way, do a shoulder rehab program instead of the foundation program? So this is, we can give him some insight very quickly because we don't have a lot of time. But, you know, my understanding, and we've got Phil here who can probably give a much better understanding is that, you know, the frozen shoulder is going to need, it's, it's a funny thing and it can be even just genetic. Yeah, it, it's, it's a something that Rad has also had a, a whole lot of experience with yeah, I've training really some two frozen shoulders. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is there that like it's almost entirely a self-limiting disease. Like you can it's a definitely a good idea to do as much as you can like keep training while you've got it, but the training itself is unlikely to change like the course of the condition. Like it's usually just going to take time and you can definitely help maintain a whole bunch of strength or like maintain strength and and put yourself in a position to gain back the range quickly when it finishes but it's one of those like horrible things where it, it seems to be a combination of a metabolic thing a hereditary thing um hormonal kind of factors um and it just kind of has to run its course like, that's the latest r research on it you can't yeah. really suddenly undo it by just finding the right exercise but what you can do is really set yourself up for success afterwards by maintaining some level of training yeah and, and that's that's the advice i would say just keep training keep loading it as much as you can it's stretching is not going to fix it it's like people feel like oh, i've just got to stretch i've just got to stretch but sometimes that no. just puts way yep. too much load on the area really uncomfortable. and yeah. it becomes and worse the, the way that i um helped uh, a couple of members um overcome frozen shoulder and I'll say that again the way that I helped was that we created programs for them that you know you'll have a range of motion that you can move the shoulder in and then you strength train within that range of motion in all the classical ways you do pushing and yeah. pulling um, you do bicep curls and tricep extensions you do external and internal rotation exercises and you basically just go to the end of your comfortable range and 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 but you make sure that you're accessing that comfortable. and, and in range. the very frozen stage that range might be no range like yeah. it gets to the point where it can totally lock down mm. but still have an isometric force on that so particularly with external rotation become can become really horrible um so even just resisting an internal rotation force is going to be enough to just maintain some of that strength mm -hmm. yeah. um, really double down on the strength on the other side of your body because you get do you you do get bilateral training effects from neural drive yep. um, and ha make it a really good opportunity to work on your lower body both flexibility yep. and strength you've just got to keep that training habit going which is what this week has been all about is how to build a good training habit um, so 
Yeah, don't let it. it sounds, you're on the right track. You've got the great. You've got great resources here, brother. Um, and the in regards to the shoulder rehab program, absolutely. Thinking of all the movements that we use in the shoulder rehab program, it's not going to hurt to add that into your training, especially. Well, yeah, a little bit. But especially, <laughs> but, but it's, worse. it's less. <laughs> it's, it's more gentle than big push pull movement patterns. And as it as as the um, the frozen shoulder progresses you may find that like those little ball drills and stuff might be all you can handle you know yeah. and that would be really a really yeah, nice but way just to load do, it do what you can handle Stephen pellegrino's right motion is lotion all right that's it guys jump over to the ums online coaching group we'll be over there in just a minute other than that uh tomorrow we're going to wrap this series up and we're going to talk a bit more about the depth of uh, our strength training protocols and we're going to talk about how the best way to you know test this if you haven't tried any of our training programs before 100 percent the best way to test it because there's very little barrier of entry is with our at-home workouts which are going on sale tomorrow uh, the, the barrier of entry is zero because you don't need any equipment and it's going to teach you the exact same principles and philosophies we use with the combination of strength, flexibility and fitness in our UMS online coaching. It's a fantastic way to try uh, and, and get an idea of what we do. See you tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.